I'm Joe Siegel, founder and CEO of Aspire Legal Solutions and My Land Trustee, the largest and fastest growing land trust company in Florida. Our passion is helping people aspire to a better life. One of the many ways we do that is by helping them remain anonymous when it comes to their real estate holdings as they build their wealth. But it also extends to everyone else we touch each day. We're fortunate to work with some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the country who share our mission of aspiring to a better life, and we hope others will benefit from hearing their journeys, tips, strategies, and tactics to get there. I think what a lot of people aren't, I'd say maybe mentally prepared for, is all the no's. Like, you're gonna get a lot of no's. It's gonna be all no's. You have to get so many no's to get to that yes. And if you don't have a strong mindset or if you don't, you're not aware that like, it just doesn't come so easy. We're literally looking for the needles in the haystack. Alex Cazada is a real estate entrepreneur and social media star. His background in timeshare sales taught him how to take no for an answer, but never give up. He's now one of the most successful players in the personal storage real estate game. And he shares how he's learned that focusing on who rather than how has helped him relinquish control focus on the big picture, and scale his business as he shoots for $100 million in assets. Hey, everybody. We're here with the infamous Alex Cazada today. Alex is sort of known now as the king of uh, storage units, I think, uh, from what, uh, if, you, if you've seen his videos on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else, you can see a, a video reel of anybody. Alex is there. I commend him and admire him for his social media capabilities he's really stepped up his game over the past few years uh both there and also in real estate and business and that's why i wanted to talk to him today about um in the master series because i remember alex when he started uh buying a, old ugly houses fixing them up and flipping them and then got into wholesaling and now he's moved up uh, as the jefferson say he's moved up to the east side he's doing good now <laughs> So he's, 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 he's really done well. And I think that uh, our viewers and listeners can really learn a lot uh, from Alex and other folks like him who have uh, really changed the game in entrepreneurship, in real estate, uh, and just really uh, brought a, a different level to the scale of their game that a lot of people don't have. And so that's why I want to talk to Alex today. Alex, welcome. I'm glad you're here today. Um, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how you got uh, where you are, uh, sort of your story and, and where you are today and what you do and uh, and share with us that journey where how you got where you are today. For sure. So uh, born and raised in Orlando, went to UCF for a finance degree, got out of there, left, uh, started working for like a timeshare travel club doing face to face sales. Uh, really like that. Be, uh, became the top seller and. The last two years I was there uh, pretty quickly. And then I just one day heard a radio ad about how to buy a house with no money down and started. And I bought that like educational little boot camp thing, which was just like like a little one day thing to sell you the three day boot camp. So I bought that boot camp and then uh, bought literally everything that they were selling in that boot camp. It was just like a pitch fest. And I like just bought everything and uh, just started educating myself and taking action. And I started uh, getting some deals right away, but I, the job I had was like out of town, like five days a week. 
So I, I really didn't have the time. So even though I was a top seller and I was making good money, I knew that's not what I wanted to do. And so I quit and just went full force into, into real estate. Uh, did some deals myself, some wholesale opportunities. Uh, it was a different market back then. A lot of foreclosures, REOs, was buying some deals, but I was missing something in my business. So I went to a local RIA, uh, uh, connected with uh, Anthony Kusky, and he was able to, you know, uh, I worked with him. And you know, I was trying to get like a mentor, but he, you know, he was looking to grow his business. And I worked for him for a couple of years and kind of ran his wholesale side of the business while he did more rehabs and, and new builds. And then I um I brought my brother in as like an admin. And then after he was there for only a couple of months, uh, I knew it was our, my time to do my own thing. And so I took my brother and we started our own operation with mostly wholesaling at first. And we started doing, you know, we were doing probably for ourselves like five deals a month, uh, three to five deals a month uh, in that market. And was just doing that for about two or three years, like consistently. And unfortunately, at that point, I didn't take the right steps of continue to educate myself, get myself in better rooms and better rooms at that point until eventually I did and realized there's people who are much younger than me doing 20, 30 deals a month. And I was doing three, five. and mind shifted for me and just poured a lot more money into marketing and coaching with me and for me and started right away. I, the next month I did a hundred K, you know, my first hundred K month ever, and then just started actually treating it like a business, putting more money into my business, hiring folks, uh, team members and, and really making, you know, my income a business. And so after I did that with my brother uh, for several years, building up the team where the wholesale operation worked without me. And along the way, we were buying properties to buy and hold, rehabbing properties. But really when I got the team automated, my brother runs the day-to-day -day of my wholesale operation. I went full force into uh, self-storage in 2020. And as of last week, we bought our 11th uh, self-storage facility and uh, looking to uh, continue to do more and grow that business the same way we, we grew our wholesale operation, which still does, you know, 20, 30 deals a month and, um, you know, looking to grow all, all, all the businesses here. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I remember. I remember those days. I remember one of the things, and, and I still tell people to stay, I don't use your name, but how much you were spending a month on marketing in the wholesale side. And it blew my mind that you had number one, that you had that kind of money to do that. <laughs> but number two, that you had the guts to, to, I mean, 2020, you just said uh, that's a key year there that a lot of people may not remember, but we had a little thing called the pandemic that shut the whole world down pretty much that entire year. And that's when you took the jump into self-storage. I mean, what what was that decision like to do that? Yeah, so we uh, we were like actually right before COVID is like we got education on it again. So we got educated on it in like February 2020, got coaching and then uh, started doing our marketing. But we didn't buy our first one until like the middle of COVID. So we were already like I was already in it. So like I'm not going to turn back around just because this is happening. Uh, obviously, Florida, we were a little bit more lax. So that helped out. But it was. A struggle because a lot of things they teach you to do is like increase the rents right away after you do the add value like we didn't increase rents for like a year because um because of covid and like people having issues and problems and we didn't want to be like just buying a brand new facility things are going on in the world and we're like trying to raise rents so we did all our add value luckily there was other things that 
allowed us to increase the income those first six months of ownership. Um, but really, we we did a lot of the ad value. We held back on the on the increases till later. Um, but luckily, uh, all our businesses did actually really well for us in real estate. Like we never really stopped buying. It was a little bit of a, a scare when people when the wholesale buyers you know kind of froze up for a couple months, but they relatively came back pretty quick, and uh, it was actually one of our best years. Wow, that's that's saying a lot. I think to to stand up in that the face of that adversity and still grow, not only grow, but propel in the middle of, of a worldwide pandemic. I think that's one of the things that I saw happen during the pandemic is the, some people completely just collapsed and others, they used that as their opportunity to really grow. I think it put us in this fight or flight mindset, you know, during that time. It's like, Hey, I got, I'm, I'm either going to fight or I'm just going to lay down and stay in bed all day and not do anything else. Um, I know you come from a timeshare sales background and I, I used to work with a lot of timeshare developers back in the day. So I know, I mean, that is one of the toughest sales you can do. You literally have someone coming in saying, I don't want it. I don't need it. It's expensive and I can't afford it. And you turn them around and sell. What was probably the biggest lesson you learned from your timeshare sales days that you still use today in business? Um, my, my favorite thing is like, is like the takeaway. Like, that's like my favorite sales technique is, is, you know, when they're like, Hey, if it's not for you, like no problem, but like, we're going to show you something. And, and you know, if you can util utilize it and it works for you, then great. If not, no big deal. And like, like almost like pulling it away. Hey, this is probably not for you, you know? And I feel like that gives, uh, it's very strong, you know, um, uh, a strong sales technique, but it definitely taught me a lot to be in a face-to-face -face environment like that, where they're coming in for a free gift. They're like, no matter what's going to happen, you know, they're coming, they're making a pack in the car saying, you know, you know, wife, we're after, after 90 minutes, we're out of there. You know, don't say anything. You don't like to travel. We're not doing anything, but they're going there for a free gift of travel. So it's like, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a fun environment. I learned a lot uh, from uh, the top two guys there who uh, I worked underneath. And one of them is my business partner now. And um, it, it is a is a great environment to learn. I think sales is the is the best thing that I think the number one job that anybody should go into because the whole you know your whole life is selling in, in some way and fashion. So I think uh, it was a great environment for me to learn. I didn't really like the industry ish of it, but um, it, it definitely definitely helped me a lot. It definitely gave me a lot of skills um, with face to face. And then when we started buying houses, we would go to face to face, you know, appointments to sellers homes to buy their properties. So it helped out a lot. Now everything's virtual over the phones, definitely a, a different style, but uh, it definitely uh, helped me for sure. Well, I think that's what a lot of people miss too. Whenever they get into this business, they think, well, I'm going in to buy a home. So these people need to be trying to sell their home to me. It's really, no, you're selling yourself as, Hey, I'm going to be a buyer who takes this, away from to take this takes this burden off of you or whatever the reason you're there you're there selling yourself as hey i'm the better or best buyer who's walked through your door today and who's gonna make it happen who's gonna be in communication with you who's gonna make sure this uh goes all the way to the finish line that you can trust me and i'm gonna get it done so 100 mm -hmm. a lot of people can't portray that because they don't know the right words to say you know a lot, a lot of new people you know get caught up with you know, the language or, you know, trying to ever answer every question correctly that they have, but even though they don't know the answer. So they're talking beyond their means. So uh, really it's just trying to solve their problem 
and and just listen to them really because a lot of problem properties we buy we're dealing with people who have problems or issues themselves in their lives and situations or they got problem properties so they always got you know something that you can help them with and you just got to find find what that is and and solve that problem and uh usually it, it allows you to to get the benefit of buying their house well and i think i i hear that a lot from great salespeople. they're a lot of people it's sort of like people think lawyers, oh, well, they're always great speakers because they're always arguing in court. And actually, most of what lawyers do is write. So most lawyers are really good writers. Same yeah. thing with good salespeople. Everybody thinks, well, a good salesperson talks you into whatever you're doing. But the best salespeople I've ever talked to, the most successful salespeople, the most consistent salespeople I've ever talked to are those who listen well and can empathize. But they hear the pain points and they, they figure out, okay, this is what they, this is what I can tell them how I can solve their problem. And they're genuine about it because I really can solve your problem with what I'm doing here. And, and that's what really, I think makes a great salesperson. Yeah. I love it. Okay. What, what is some, something that most people think is really important in becoming a, a, a great entrepreneur that you found you could probably just skip it entirely. You didn't really have to do all that. Um, let's see. Um, I think a lot of people get caught up with like all the nuances of like the whole, the whole thing. So like when I bought like all those courses, like I didn't take action right away on it. Like I literally went through like every course, learned everything before I took action. But in reality, it's all about speed of implementation. Like, you learn one thing, like go start doing that. And then you can learn the rest along the way. And, you know, it's like analysis paralysis. Like you're trying to get everything done. Like we're, we, you don't really need to know that. Like if you learn how to just go market to sellers and talk to sellers, just go do that and then figure out the rest because you can lean on other people. You can, you know, there's so many networking groups and coaching groups and masterminds and things like that that you can be a part of or get access to or somebody in there and a Facebook group or whatever it may be to help you along the way. But if you actually get started at least and get some momentum that way, then that will propel you to success and build your momentum to do more and more and, and realize, you know, once you get like that first deal, when you get that first check and you're like, oh, this is real, this actually can happen, then it's, it just makes it more real for you. And so I think if you can get to the fastest, you can get to your first deal, the better, and you don't have to make all the money. You know, we, we, we do a lot of deals helping other people, JV deals, and you don't have to make all, all the money, but if you realize that first check with help, that's better than trying to do it all by yourself at first. And it's going to take you much longer. So I think, you know, not focusing on everything, but focus singularly on one thing, either finding buyers and connecting a buyer to a seller or finding a seller and just contracting a deal, finding a good opportunity and then bring it to somebody else and let them help you along the way. What was the, what was the first thing you did uh, when you got into self storage? What, how did that feel when you did your first deal and how long did it take you from learning about it to implementing your first deal? Yeah. So uh, we went to like a, like a three day boot camp thing also. So it, and it pretty much, I bought like a, this actually course, like, in 2017, I just never did anything with it. I just was in another boot camp. I'm like, that sounds like a good business. And I missed the whole presentation. I bought it. I read the book, but I didn't do anything with it. Revisited it in 2020, went to the course. And so in that three days, it was like 
it made a lot of sense because I already had a real estate background. So it seemed pretty easy for us. Um, so in with the wholesale business, it was very similar. So like you're doing the same kind of marketing. You're just asking different questions to the seller. There's different things you need to know about the property. And there's different ways to analyze and underwrite it to see like where you can add value. So like a rehab, I could, I got to fix all this and it's worth this much money. On this property, I got to do these certain things and tweak these certain uh, things on this property to make it worth more money. And so it's very similar and very easy to comprehend and, and switch, you know, asset classes. So our first marketing campaign, we got a deal right away. Um, but after we got that deal, you know, I wanted to know about the operations of the business. So like I was entrenched in the operations and like slept on the floor of the office like a couple nights because I wanted to see what happened at night and like what's going on. Do people come by? Like, how does the property look at night? What you know, what's happening? And so like I try to go all in on that aspect of it to really learn that part. And then, you know, I got it now and now I, I'm, I'm good moving forward and I know what to expect and I know every little thing about the self-storage business and I, I'll continue to learn and be in groups to, to educate myself. And I think that's a big, a big part of it. Yeah. You said something there, you slept on the floor overnight, uh, a couple of nights to see what happens overnight. Um, <clears throat> and I know now you've, congratulations, by the way, you've just had a, yeah, a, another daughter. Yes. Uh, congratulations on that. Thank you. But this brings me to, I, I hear a lot of people talk about balance in life and, you know, entrepreneurs are like, well, I have to have balance, you know, evenly between my family and my health and my business and my this and that. Number one, do you even think that there is such a thing as true balance? And, and if so, uh, or if not, uh, what do you think about that, that whole? I, I, I think it's truly tough to, to, to have it. I think there's going to be times where you have to work a lot and get things done and, and push through and, and, you know, stay late and not be, be there every single dinner or, 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 you know, taking your kids to school. And then there's going to be times where you can be all in on your kids and, and not have to have that, that time when you're super busy and on all that work. And, and I guess maybe in a way that's like, a, that's a balance, but you know, um, I went to a, uh, I'm in a, in a mastermind and at the end of the year in December, I went to the, and they, they had, they're like, Hey, let's, we got in small groups and they're like, let's get a, a like a vulnerable with each other and, and see what you, what you didn't do last year. Like if you didn't spend you know enough time with your kids or, or if you didn't do this, like let, let people know. And I was like, I don't think I spent enough time with my business last year. Like I spent a lot of time with my family, like last year, because I had a lot of things automated and things were going really good. And, uh, you know, I have good team members who could take care of business. I, spent a lot of time with my family and did vacations and things like that. And even with my new daughter around like this year, like I, I need to spend a lot more time in my business. We want to buy $50 million of assets this year. So I'm going to have to spend a lot more time this year grinding and working with late nights. And, and my wife's aware of that. And luckily we have family and support to, to help us. But I think, you know, there's going to be times where you, you need to go all in. And, and then after that, you know, I can, kind of relax and, and be more friendly. But I always make time to go on vacations and, and travel and, and make sure we, we spend quality time together. And I, and I think that's important. And I, and I, I know I found the same thing in my business and, and career. It's it, it, the balance isn't equal every day, every week, every month, because there's no way you can do that. And, and what I found is you solve problems in your business and now you can spend a little more time with your family and your health and then you sort of solve 
you know, maybe solve problems over there. And then you go, well, this has freed up more time. Now I'm bored. Let me go maybe start another business or another avenue <clears throat> and you move into something else. So uh, I, I, I agree that <clears throat> it's, you're, you're spinning plates. So you are balancing all the time, but you're balancing each thing at a time. It's hard. If you try to do them all at once, you're not going to do anything well. It's been my experience. For sure. Yeah. I now I know you're a, I don't know how to say it. You're a fitness gorilla. You're a, you're, you're into martial arts. You're into all, I mean, just everything you're always talking about, you're coming along with. What is something important in your daily routine that you wish you had started doing sooner in your life, in your career? That that would be for me like a, like affirmations and like reviewing goals. So when I went to all those like boot camps and and events and coaching groups in the beginning, a lot of times they always started off with like, let's go over your goals and affirmations and like five year planning. And in my younger days, when I when I was first starting, like I'd be like, oh, that's like foo and I'd either step out of the room or just be on my phone or whatever. But then when I really like, I think it's when I had my first daughter is when I really took it to heart and started writing those things down and reviewing my goals every morning and saying affirmations every morning that it really like, like triggered something because it actually works. And like doing that every single morning uh, has been a game changer. Everything I've wrote, you know, in a, in a, in a notebook for my goals uh, over the past years, like has come to fruition. And the more you put, you, you, you feed your mind with that, with a, with, what you want to obtain, what you know you will obtain, it comes, you know? And so that's the one thing for sure I wish I knew much earlier in life. Uh, it's, we, we, we buy books for our daughter that like insinuate like the power of positive, like, you know, speak to yourself and I am statements. And so uh, I think that's the, the, that's the number one thing for sure I wish I, I knew earlier in life. So it sounds like working out your mind is as important as working out your body. Oh, 100% for sure. I also get the workout <laughs> in every morning for sure. <laughs> now I hear you say, I hear you talk about lots of masterminds and boot camps and things. What channels have led to building your highest quality relationships uh, that you, that you have in business and, and like, yeah. Um, Th those those events for sure. So like I made a lot of when I first got started, you know, uh, the local RIAs before I, you know, really um, obviously I got started in a coaching group. That's how I that's how I learned and operated. And then going to the local RIAs that are practically free. They're like 100, 200 bucks a year and they get you in the room with other people who are local doing business. Um, but then there's definitely like, you know, at one point in time, I was with just those guys and and you're like the average of the five people you hang out with the most and, and you, your mind is fed with other people. And so that point in time, uh, when I just got started on my own, um, you know, everybody who I was at the local Rias with were in the same market and we we're all realizing, man, it's so tough to get a deal. It's so tough to get a deal. And everybody's saying the same thing. It's tough to get a deal. So I went to this other mastermind and these kids were getting 20, 30 deals a month. And I was like, Oh, it's not tough to get the deal. I'm like, like the power of positive thinking, like saying those affirmations and goals to yourself. Well, everybody in my mind and my group is saying it's tough to get a deal. So in my mind, that's what it happens. And so when I go to other rooms with higher level people, people are doing a lot more and exposing you to different things, then you can see what's possible. And so 
from those masterminds and I'm in, in several different groups and masterminds for commercial real estate and business coaching and all this stuff. There is, uh, I've made some great friends where our families are friends. We go on vacation together. Um, and so, and then just even the local RIAs, I made great friends, business relationships, people we do deals with. And, and one of the best things about friends is when you can make money with your friends, like, that's awesome. So when you can make a lot of money with your friends, that's a good friend to have. And you know, we're I'm always looking to grow my network with those mastermind groups. And um, I think that's like the best place that I've been um, to experience. You know, other people who are like minded. You know, and and who want to talk business like you, and 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 are just on the same wavelength. So I, I, I'm always will be a part of masterminds, and I think from now until the rest of my life. Yeah, I've I've always heard the old saying that if you look around and you're the smartest person in your group of friends, you need a new group of friends. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you find that as you move up through the levels that you're exposed to different levels of people? For sure, yeah, and that's why I like different like like groups, so different mastermind groups, and I continue to like go to higher and higher level ones because. And the good thing about some of these groups is like. There have been times where I'm like, oh, like I'm crushing in this group. Like I'm like one of the top dogs. And then they just bring in, you know, they they host an event and they bring in 20 new people. And these guys are like own a half a billion dollars in commercial real estate or, or this or that. And I'm like, wow. Like, and it's awesome because it makes me see like, oh, like that's possible. Like they did it. It's 100% possible for me to do this too. And so it just opens your eyes to like what is available and what opportunities are out there. If you really like dial in, you focus and um, the, and everybody's willing to share like their journey, how they got there, what really helps them. And so when you're around other people like that, who all want each other to win, you know, it's uh it's very powerful. And I think it's, um you know, pivotal for anybody to be in a, a coaching group, a mastermind, and uh, it definitely will help you uh, skip some steps, avoid uh, some losses, and uh, get you where you want to go faster. Well, what what gets you out of bed every day? What's what's your passion that that your mission that gets you up every day? Because it's hard to keep a an excitement a level, you know, as we move forward. What what gets you out of bed? Yeah, uh, I'm very competitive, so like I like to be the top person in the room. And so being around those other people, like it definitely pushes you to do more, but like, obviously my family, my kids, my wife, um, all, all drivers for me, my whys of what I want to do. Um, I also love like investing in other people and what they're, what they're good at. Um, I have a multitude of many businesses, but I'm not like the driver in them. So I have, you know, Airbnbs and I'm partnered with guys who are like, that's their thing. And so we partnered together. We're growing Airbnb businesses, but like, that's their thing. And like, I see that in them and I saw like, oh, this guy knows his stuff. So like, I'm willing to partner with him and grow with him. And so I'm doing that in different, you know, different businesses, different avenues. And, um, you know, I, I like seeing other people win too. So just helping other people grow. Uh, you know, we have like our own little coaching group also. So just helping other people grow um, and then just really, you know, pushing everybody else to, to try to be their best and, and, you know, providing for my family. Wonderful. What is your goal? I mean, does your goal change or is it like, Hey, once I reach this, I'm done. I stop and retire. And I'm yeah. I don't think I'll ever stop and retire, but, uh, uh, there's definitely the goal changes every, you know, 
often yearly. Um, my end goal really would be to, you know, continue to, you know, this year we're looking to buy $50 million in, in, in real estate, uh, mostly commercial that will be. And through that process, you know, we currently have a $50 million portfolio. We've raised capital to do that with private investors. And so as we continue to raise capital for private investors and grow, you know, potentially down the line, have a, a real estate fund and probably multiple real estate funds, my end goal would actually just be a lender and identify those other operators who are really good and have this fund that really lends to other investors. We underwrite the opportunities and deals and, and invest in other people's opportunities. And investors are ones who make the money. Like the, the lenders are the people who really win. And so when you can get to a point where you're just lending capital, like that is who wins. And so, you know, you look downtown on any skies, you know, any major city, all the names on the buildings are all banks because they, they're the ones who make the money. When you can essentially be the bank and lend out capital, that is where you can really um, make great income. And it's the most passive it, it can be. And so uh, that would be my end goal in, in the future is to really um, lend capital to other investors. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're on the path to it. <laughs> what, what's, what's something that you did differently than your peers one, three, five, or even 10 years ago that you got pushback on maybe from friends, family, others who said, eh, this is silly, but it worked for you in the uh, long run. I, 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 ha I still have some people who are, uh, you know, in the business, but don't do the things I do, which is like, go to, go to masterminds and events. Like I spend a hundred thousand dollars a year on, different groups and masterminds and i'm in uh, several of them and some of them overlap and i can't go to all of them but people are like oh why you're always at these events it's because it does open your mind it opens your network and to see what's possible and what what can be done and those have been game changers for me and i've been doing that you know consistently for many years um i've gotten away from it and my early part of my life and my, my career and but I, I know now, like, that is the pivotal change. Like, being in those rooms consistently is really what is the driver for us to really, you know, see what knobs we have to turn or what, you know, things that a lot of times it's like things you forget. Like I was like, oh, I meant to do that last quarter and I didn't even implement it because there's so many things to do. So sometimes it's just a reminder. But being around those people who, push you to keep you accountable. You know, that is a, a, a big thing that a lot of people don't do because it is an investment. Like I'm spending a hundred K on, on education and to just have somebody coach me or be in the right rooms. And it's a, it's a, it's a lot, but I definitely budget for it. And I know it's something that I will have to do for the rest of my life. And a lot of people I don't think are willing to do it or they don't, they don't believe. I, I don't I don't know. I don't, I've, recommended people to join mastermind groups I'm in and they just don't show up or don't take the little free invite, but it is a game changer. And if you can get in those rooms, I think it makes, it will explode your business. That's funny. I've had that same pushback many times that it's like you spend so much on coaching programs. You're a lawyer, you know, you, why are you spending so much? Just get in there and work. You know, just, if you just yeah. get in there and work, you'll be fine. I'm like, nah, it's not enough anymore. You got yeah. to have, you got to surround yourself with other people. You got to have coaches. You got to have uh, people to, to, to play that bigger game or you are sitting there just sort of 
in your own little world. And it goes back to a growth mindset for me too. If you reading books and, and going to masterminds and getting to know other people and, and getting coaching, you've got to have that growth master. You've got to have that growth mindset that, that you want to learn more and you know that you don't know everything. I think that's yeah. another thing. A lot of people think, well, I've been doing this 25, 30 yeah. years. I know it. I I, there's nothing else you can teach me. Yeah. And, and I agree with you too. It's a lot of times it's just reminding you yeah. what you, what you do and, know. Yeah. You just forgot about it. You know, you forgot. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a good little thing. I've a little tweaks like that, you know, Kobe, you know, Kobe Bryant had coaches, LeBron and Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, all those people have coaches and they're like the elite. They're the, the, the best in the, in the business and they have coaches and they get training, you know, consistently. So it just makes sense. And, and it would make sense for anybody in their field to get educated, no matter what it is. That that was that was that was very astute right there. Even the best have coaches. <laughs> what what can beginners in the real estate entrepreneur? What can they expect to struggle with when they start out and then along the way? What, what's going to get in their way? You think? I think what a lot of people aren't, I'd say, maybe mentally prepared for is like all the no's. Like you're going to get a lot of no's. Like it's going to be all no's. You have to get so many no's to get to that yes. And if you don't have a strong mindset or if you don't, you're not aware that like it just doesn't come so easy. We're literally looking for the needles in the haystack. You know, you're looking for that one problem person who needs a cash sale and needs to move quickly. And, you know, it's not everybody. And so you're going to get a ton of no's, but it's kind of like baseball. Like you, you hit a 300, you know, three out of 10, you, you, you get on the base, you're an all-star you know, and that's all you really need. So you got to be mentally prepared for, for the nose because, you know, you send out a direct mail campaign and people are cursing you on the phone because you sent them a piece of mail, you know? And it's like, if that stuff gets to you, you have to get a thicker, you know, skin to like, let it, let it not get to you and be aware that like people are going to think you're a scammer or this or that, or they're, you know, to stop calling you. And, but it's a lot of those, People are actually the people who who need the help, but they're angry and they got things going on in their in their lives. And eventually, they will come around and, and sell you, you know, sell you their home or you know, open up to you. And so, it's just a lot of it's a it's a grind for sure. But you have to be mentally prepared for how many no's and and you're gonna get to get. And for me, like in the timeshare thing, like I used to literally tell people like when they would say you know, Hey, we, we don't even travel. It's not going to be for us. I'd say, Hey, it's no problem. You know, every, you tell me no gets me the next person who's going to say yes. So I'd really tell it to the face. I'm like, it's not a big deal. Just enjoy the presentation and get your free gift at the end. And if you like it, you like it. If not, no big deal. But, and that's like the takeaway, but essentially every person you get to that says a no, like you can, you should track your nose and make it like a game. How many no's do I need to get to a yes? But I don't think a lot of people are, are mentally prepared. I think people give up too easy. Um, they don't take enough action. Um, and yeah, so I think the mindset, you should really work on your mindset in the beginning. I feel like it's very pivotal. Well, going back to your timeshare sales, that was, that's the thing. I think you get used to a lot of no's and you know, Hey, this is not the last no I'll ever get. And I've got to get back up and keep going. It teaches you resilience. Uh, it teaches you how to get out of that zone of disappointment and go, Hey, it'll get better. You know, we'll, we'll get through it. And I can't stop Uh big, big, big lesson learned there. I think Roger uh, or Kiyosaki, he, when he wrote uh, rich dad, poor dad, he had gotten a job as a, 
door-to-door salesman for Xerox was his first job. And he said that taught him the same thing. It's like, you get, you get a lot of no's, but you learn to get back up and keep on going. Yeah, so, exactly. Good training. Um, what's something that you believed five years ago that you had to completely unlearn to take the next step? I'd probably say to uh, not like not be uh, so overly controlling on every aspect of the business, like knowing everything that's going on in every aspect of the business, being able to hire people who can take care of it and knowing that because we train them the right way, because we put these SOPs in place, that the job is getting done and not oversee everything. And so I think that hinders, uh, hindered some growth in the beginning of not hiring the right people and putting them in the right seats and uh, knowing that it could be get done. And so one book that like really has been pivotal now is like the who, not how of like putting the right people and finding the right people who can get this stuff done. And it doesn't have to be all on me uh, to do everything. And so I think um, that is one thing for sure. I, I had unlearned that I didn't have to do everything myself. Like it doesn't have to be all me. And the faster you can build a team and you can, you can grow. And so uh, that's really what we're, we're really pushing forward now is like hiring better t- better team members, attracting A players so that we can we continue to grow our, our self-storage business and our, all our businesses. I, I, I think that's one of the things you learn too as a business owner, entrepreneur, as you get, as you move along, the who, not how, absolutely. I've read that book and, and changed a lot of the way I look at things too. But you learn that, hey, a big part of my job at the at the top as the visionary is to attract really good talent. It's not so much to be in the daily grind anymore. It's how can I build this business in a way that people are going to want to come here and be winners too and, and have a great place to work and a great place to be, but also feel that they're getting coaching and mentoring and and leadership too. That's going to bring them up uh, through the ranks to turn them into mentors and leaders in the future. And that's a, that's a big thing. I think every entrepreneur, as you move through the journey, you eventually pick it up and, and, you <laughs> hope and start doing it. Um, sure. What's something you didn't pay enough attention to early on um, and had to learn the hard way? I would say probably uh, KPIs, like key performance indicators in your business. Like we, for a while, just spend money. We're making money, not tracking anything. You know, we're just, we're getting deals. We're closing deals. You know, we're, we should be doing good. We're doing good. Yeah. Spend more money on marketing and we're not really knowing like our conversion rates, you know, the cost per deal, how many leads for a deal for each marketing channel. Um, you know, really looking at my occupancy rates for our rental portfolios or delinquency rates, things like that. So really like dialing in like your KPIs and knowing what to track. And that tells you like what levers the pool of like, Hey, okay, well, PPC marketing is really working well. Let's pour money on, on, on that uh, marketing channel instead of like just spreading it out evenly. And so really uh, that was like from the first mastermind I, I did join uh, several years ago was they were like, Oh, you have to report your KPIs every quarter. And I'm like, Oh, what KPIs should I be reporting? <laughs> like, well, you know, what, what really should I be tracking? And not even really knowing that. And we were doing millions of dollars in business. And it's, it's crazy when you actually get in those rooms that there are people like that who are 
10 million dollar businesses and don't track kpis and so like you can only run and gun so so long and so that is one thing for sure that like knowing your numbers and your kpis is is pivotal for your business and it really will help you grow and, and know what to focus on and uh where you're lacking where you're strong and uh, that is one thing for sure that like now we have weekly meetings with our team here and here in an hour we'll be having that meeting with our team about going over the kpis for each department on you know the team lead reporting on their kpis for each department so it is definitely important but definitely didn't have that going on in the beginning um when i started did you did you find that adding the kpis and tracking those that helped you actually let go of the reins let go of that control a lot easier uh for sure it definitely uh, allows us to you know like having team leads now who like they're reporting that because they're the ones that are responsible for those and like even just recently like last year we like i was pulling kpis for each team lead now the team leads are in the meetings and it's a you know a, a c-suite level kind of like uh meeting instead of like just the owners and so uh that allows us to let go and let them be in charge and they know what the kpis they have to report on they're responsible for them and so that is definitely more uh the way we want to have them step up and be leaders and, and grow the companies. Wonderful. Yeah, it sounds like you you really added a whole structure. You've got your KPIs in place. You've got your standard operating procedures in place. Everything's documented, simplified, <laughs> followed by all. I mean, you really uh, have have done a, a lot of work uh, from when I first started working with you years ago uh, when you were fresh into this. Coming up on the end here, you know, our firm's mission is to help people aspire to a better life, whether it's just our, our crew members or our employees or even our vendors, friends, family. Um, who is someone who's helped you aspire to a better life and how did they do it? I'll give uh, two people, uh, I think. Uh, so Claudia is the one, like, first guy like connected with on an education side of the business and then now i'm in his mastermind i'm in four or five masterminds i do like his the best it is like more family oriented and like uh i've had great relationships and friends out of that event group and uh so he has pushed me to be more to maximize my business see the potential in what we're doing and really help us grow and, and you know telling us in our business like hey you guys are killers but you're you're not doing these things right and keeping us accountable. Um, and then from that group, one of my good friends, uh, Will Silva has, you know, I see the way he is with his business, his wife, his kids, and, and he's an all around great guy there. And it has helped me, you know, aspire to do more and, and be, be more and be uh, a better man, a person, uh, husband, father. So, uh, those two guys for sure are, are, are pivotal in, uh, in helping me, uh, you know, continue to grow and push, push forward. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you again for coming on today and sharing all this with us. I know it's hard to take time out to, to do these things. Uh, so it really means a lot, not just for me, but for everybody who, who can hear 
your journey today. And I, I just want to thank you again so much uh, for coming on. And if there's anything we can ever do for you, uh, just let me know. I'm, I'm, I'm always happy to work with you. You're, you're a great guy, great business. Uh, love, love working with you guys. And uh, if there's anything ever you need, you just let me know. I appreciate that. I appreciate your time. appreciate you having me on and uh, give me a platform. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this edition of Trust This. If you got something out of it, please press like and subscribe and give us a five-star review to help us reach others who can benefit from this series. Until next time, keep aspiring to a better life.